Good evening, everyone. Welcome to day three of the Faith Boost, Overcoming in Turbulent Times. And we started on Wednesday. We had a session in the morning with Reverend Pat Caminetti. And in the evening, we had Reverend Tony Cook. And then yesterday, Reverend Pat Caminetti as well in the morning. And yesterday evening, we had Dean Tad Gregorich, Dean of Rema USA. And in the morning, uh, today we had uh, Reverend Pat Caminetti also talk about prayer. And this evening, we are honored to have with us uh, no other person than Reverend Craig W. Hagen. And this is a faith boost. And the thing is, two things really that boost our faith. Primarily, the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Then we also read in Jude 20, where the Bible says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And that's why the morning sessions have been focused on prayer, and the evening sessions have been focused on God's word. So it's such a honor and a delight to bring up uh, Reverend Craig Hagen. Good. Uh, it's afternoon for you there, sir. Good afternoon, sir. Yeah, good afternoon. Good evening for you guys. And it's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you, all of you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And um, it's been such a great time. And this is going to be the very last session. And we've uh, I know that God has kept the best till last, and this is going to wrap it up and will be greatly impacted. Uh, let me start by asking, sir, do you want to just introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, whose you are. Yes, you're from God, but just tell us more from, about yourself. All right. Of course, my name is Craig Hagen, and I'm the grandson of, of Kenneth E. Hagen, obviously the founder of the modern day faith movement, um, you know, is for, for me, I've been in the ministry basically all my life. Um, at a young age, at like three years old, I was traveling the, the nation with my dad and my grandfather. I was working the book table, selling books. Um, you know, at that time, all our books were one dollar, uh, one U.S. dollar. And, and actually, they were 50 cents. And so if you, most people give you a dollar, you give them 50 cents back and things like that. So I would sell books. Um, you know, I've been around the ministry all my life. I've probably heard more faith messages than anybody else alive. Um, between my my dad, my grandfather, and my own faith messages, and so, you know, just been around the ministry. I've traveled with Brother Hagen. In fact, um, I always tell tell people. A lot of people say, "Well, I've seen you on YouTube," and I'm like, "Well, what did you see my message?" No, I saw you following your grandfather around. So, I mean, that's like very common. They say I'm, I'm a YouTube sensation because I'm following him around during his messages and things like that. But, but um, I was his crusade director um, for a number of years. Set up all his meetings took care of him and, you know, and I, obviously he's my grandfather, but he's also my spiritual father. And, you know, I've learned so much from my grandfather. Um, probably of, of all the family, I'm probably the most like him. Um, I'm a little more funny. I, I have a more of a sense of humor than he does, but as far as when it comes down to faith and teaching on faith, uh, me and him are, are, are a lot of like, you know, but, um, you know, um, one of the, the things I do, obviously I, I teach in the school. I'm, I'm on the pastoral staff. And then of course, you know, that I'm over all the international ramas. I'm the I'm the one who who coordinates with with, with our, our task force over all the international schools, and, and so um, you know, it's just awesome what Rama's doing all around the world, and we're so excited to be here with you guys in Nigeria. And I know people are watching from all over Africa and all over the world, probably, and we're so excited about what God's doing, you know, today, 
You know, I, I know it's been a little bit different here recently, um, but God is still God and he, he's still doing marvelous things, even in, in spite of the pandemic. Whoa. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Awesome. Awesome. Um, uh, there are some fond memories of your grandfather uh, that I'm sure you may want to just share with us about, like him coming into your office shortly before he died and just talking with you. Maybe you want to tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, my grandfather, it's really interesting because if you look, you know, people have seen all his messages, you know, whether they saw him live or, or see him, you know, on, on, on video and, and they saw, saw him minister to, to people all over the world. But he was a very quiet person. And in fact, um, really, when he wasn't preaching, um, unless you talk, to, you, you could talk to him about, about ministry stuff and about sports. And that's about it. I mean, anything else, he didn't really have much to say. And I don't know how many times that he would, um, you know, even come in my office and just sit there and not say anything. And I didn't realize I was looking at the computer, you know, doing work and, and look, oh, you know, Papa, how you doing? Um, but, you know, um, not too long before um, he passed away, actually, and um, actually it was the last time that I remember us having a conversation in my office. I, I don't know if we did or didn't, but uh, he, he walked in my office and, um, and, you know, he just, he told me that he was proud of me and he was, he was, you know, so excited about what God's doing in, in um, my ministry and you know, through my ministry. And, you know, and, and little did I know that'd be the last time that we would really have probably some kind of, you know, a conversation. I mean, we, we've probably talked since then, but as far as anything to do with, you know, ministry and, you know, that's about it. He just told me how, how he's proud of me. And, you know, um, it was not too long later than he passed away. And, you know, I, I still remember, I don't know how many times that I think about, you know, as, as, you know, we're doing things and especially as God has, has used us to go around the world and, and think, you know what, I know my grandfather's still proud of me. I know he's proud of everyone of, of, of what he calls his children in the faith. And, and it's so exciting what God's doing, you know, through our ministry. Amen. Are you still there? Yes, Tokes? it is. Yes, it is. You've impacted. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hear you loud and clear. All right. Um, I remember. Yes. I remember you talking about it featured in a Word of Faith magazine. I think it was 91 about um, how God dealt with you about the ministry, how um, pastor kind of felt a little bit, oh, you better be sure you know what you're talking about. Do you want to yeah. share with us a little bit about God's, how God spoke to you personally about the call to the ministry and yeah, preaching? Well, you know, growing up in, in, in the ministry and throughout the ministry, you, you see the good and you've seen the bad in the ministry, especially you see a, a lot of people that, that have a lot of bad things to say about ministers. And um, I, I at, a, at a young age, I decided that I wanted to be a businessman. You know, I, I wanted to, to to move to probably Los Angeles, California, li, li, you know, you know, live in a real nice um, mansion and, and be a businessman. That that was kind of my aspiration in life. Um, I, I was at the upper percent of all my classes. I mean, you know, and you know, um, actually, I do have an accounting degree as well. And you know, I was set to go in the business world, um, and you pretty much had. Thought that's what I'm going to do. And when I was 18, we were having a youth prayer meeting, and um, you know, so I was on a Monday night, and so we went there to um, you know, just just to pray, and and um, actually we were um using the book Prayer Secrets actually is is the book that we were we were kind of going through, and and at the end of the prayer meeting, um, the the youth minister said, well, let's just take some time and let, let's just pray. So we began to pray, and 
and it was praying in English and prayed in, in other tongues. And all of a sudden it was like, I was caught, you know, just outside myself. And, you know, um, although I didn't have a, a, a vision where I actually saw anything, um, I heard an audible voice and I, I heard the, the, the Lord, um, um, tell me that, that, you know, that he had called me to, to follow into the footsteps of my grandfather's and my father into the ministry. He said, talked about the devil had tried to kill me a number of, number of times, but, but he had spared my life and, you know, and, and I had a call to the ministry and, um, you know, he, and so after that session, I wasn't able to speak in English for a long time. In fact, um, I had my sister with me. We drove home, um, which is about a 20 minute drive back to our house and um, got home and there we had happened to have a bunch of people over. So I didn't want to bother my parents or anything. So I just went up to my room and kept praying. And so um, my, my mom, my, my sister went and talked to my mom and says, um, you need to go talk to, she calls me Bubby. You need to go talk to Bubby. You know, um, he can't even speak in English. So he doesn't even know what's going, you know. So my mom came up there and I was still praying. And, you know, short time later, I was able to to talk to her and just a fabulous time, you know, and that's, that's how God called me the ministry, you know, and when, when, when God calls me, I, I knew that that was what I was supposed to do. Even when I was in college, um, I had one of my professors that, that really urged me that um, I should go to law school and said that he could get me into an Ivy league law school, you know, that would be very prominent, very good. But, you know, and um, I told him, I said, well, God called me to the ministry. And, you know, he said, well, go home and pray about it for a little bit and come back and talk to me. And so I came back and, Gave him some material from from Rama. Gave him some books. Gave him gave him some you know, Word of Faith magazine. And said, "This is what God called me to do." You know, I you know. Thank you for you know. I would I would probably like to do that, but you know what? I have to do what God called me to do. And you know, many people they're never going to be happy until they do what God called you to do. I mean, they're trying to run from the call, and as, as long as you're running from the call, you're never going to be happy. And so it's time to see, you know what? If God calls you, just go ahead and do it. And it's just that simple. Awesome. 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 Um, your, uh, two of your greatest, greatest passions, one is teaching faith, and the second is ministering healing to the sick. And you minister also with a very strong healing anointing. And um, you, in your own life, you've um, faced three major incurable diseases, and God healed you every single time. Do you want to share something with us about some of those things and how God helped you through them and how you've learned to stay in the word and stay in faith over the years. Yeah. Well, probably the most serious uh, one of those situations, um, the other two were incurable, but, but they weren't serious. They weren't life threatening, but the most serious was when I was um, 13 years of age. Um, um, I was having just major headaches. I mean, I'd wake up in the, every morning with just a headache and it wouldn't go away for, for a long time. And, so they went to, you know, do all kinds of tests and things. And they found out that I had a, a tumor on the back of my skull about the size of a man's fist. So about, about this big sitting back here at the back of my head. And um, they said that it was um, very close to the brain stem. Said actually, if I jerked my head too much, I could actually die um, because it was so close to hitting. My, if, it, if, it, if the tumor ever hit the brain stem, I, I would die. And they wanted to operate immediately. And, um, you know, we asked him to give us two days to, to pray about it. And so, I mean, you know, here, I'm only 13 years old. You know, I'm, I'm not a minister, you know, minister of the gospel at this time. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not teaching on anything, but, you know, we're, we're just trusting God. And, and I want to, you know, say, like most 13-year-old kids, I don't really know that I've, I had the faith like 
like I probably should have. And, uh, you know, so we believed God um, about the situation. And then I remember my grandfather, um, once again, this is one of the one of the things you remember that that um, he, he went to talk to me and he said this. He says, now, Craig, tomorrow that we're going to have another brain scan. And um, if the tumor is still there, we're going to we're going to um, have the operation um, because, you know, they can do something about it. And, um, you know, because in this situation, you need an immediate healing or we need the operation. And so. So I want you to agree with me if we have to have the operation. And he said, basically, he says, you know, that's kind of falling on, on, on God's second line of defense. I mean, said, said God is the one that gives the surgeons, gives the doctors, you know, you know the ability to operate on people. Now, whether they say it's, God, it's, it's God-given talent or not, it's God-given talent. And so he says, you know, I want you to agree with me. We're going to agree together. Yes, if, you have, if you have to have this operation, that everything is going to go Normal, you know, you know, like it should. Everything's going to go perfect, and, and there'll be no problems. And so, so we did. We agreed together. Just me and him agreed together. And then we went in the next day for the test, and they said the, the brain tumor was still there. And um, we, you know, scheduled the operation. And so um, um, the operation, you know, obviously was, I, I believe, like nine hours. I, I don't remember remember it much because I was obviously out. But I think my dad says it was like nine hours. It was, you know very long and things, but, um, whenever, um, you know, I came to and they talked to me, they said that it was, it's like the spirit of God was in the operating room. This, we happened to be at the city of faith hospital there on, on the campus of our all Roberts university. And so it was a Christian hospital, all Christian doctors and said, said the, um, the power of God was strong in that room. And in fact, two of the nurses got healed instantly while they were operating on me. And so that, that was a pretty, pretty miraculous thing. And so, so they said that, awesome. um, that, you know, we couldn't remove all your brain tumor because it was too close to the, the brain stem, but, but we removed, you know, you know, most of it. And, um, you know, and, you know, everything went successful. They didn't drop, didn't drop an instrument, didn't have an issue, didn't have, have any kind of problem. Um, now, um, so I guess it was about a month later, whenever they had another brain scan, that part that they didn't remove was, was totally gone. Um, and so, and then later on, obviously they had wow. they had to take a portion of my, my skull back here in the back, and so they say that I would have a soft spot. But um, but you know, as we continued to have brain scans, um, my 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 skull grew back. It wasn't supposed to, but but it did. And, and so you know, and also they said they said yeah. I could I could have some kind of issues. Like I know someone has the same surgery I did, and he has no peripheral vision, but I have no trouble with with vision, no trouble with you know, anything. Um, they said it could come back. It obviously hasn't came back. Um, you know, and so, yes, we didn't get the kind of miracle maybe we would like to get, but we still got a miracle. People got healed, you know, and God still gets the glory. My, you know, my skull grew back. It wasn't supposed to, you know, and, and God's just a good God, yes, you know, and a, and a lot of times, you know, yes, even, if, even if we have to have surgery, even if we have to go through, you know, yes, doctor treatments, we can still believe. You know, my dad always talks about it's the natural and the supernatural working together brings an explosive force for God. So, you know, as the doctors have to, you know, do things we can believe with them. I tell people all the time, if you have to take medicine, that's a good time to use your faith. Every time you take that pill, you say, thank you, Father, that I'll no longer have to take this medicine anymore. You take your medicine and you keep taking it until the doctor says you don't have to. But eventually you won't have to. Yes, sir. You keep believing. Yes, Amen. sir. It's just that simple. Oh, oh. But God is good, you know, and. 
and like I said, I, I've, I've always had a, um, you know, well, even I said as a young age, when I was a little kid and we were, you know, at the, at the, my grandfather's meetings that my, my mom would sit there and watch with, you know, and I, and I'd had little things because we didn't have any kind of nursery areas or, or preschool areas. And I would just kind of play. Um, I had some little hot wheel cars and I would play around and all of a sudden I'd put them all up. And I tell my mom, I said, you know, Papa's fixing to have a healing line. And so, um, you know, I said, I always watched the healing line very attentively. I don't know what it was or what it, I believe it was. It was God just getting me ready for, you know, my ministry. But, you know, um, in life, um, you know, God has used me with the healing anointing. In fact, um, my grandfather, um, you know, has told everyone that, that I had three times the healing anointing that he did. And um, many times whenever we were um, in services, whenever he ministered, he, he would actually say, well, don't you want the person with the most anointed to pray for you? And he'd get them all in line, and then he'd have me come and pray for them. Um, you know, now the Lord never told me that. He told my grandfather that. But, you know, but we've seen miraculous, you know, things. I, mean, I know the first time that, that I, I had a healing line, we had a, a guy that was blind in one eye that instantly was, was made well, you know, and it just, you know, I, I was amazed. I mean, you know, God was a good God. But, you know, we've seen all kinds of things happen throughout the years and all kinds of great testimonies and, and people that were supposed to die are living today, you know, you know, you know, it's not me, it's God, obviously. But you know, Amen. it's our faith in God, you know, you know, it's, yes, it's just awesome how good our God is and and how much he loves us and how much he cares about us and how much he wants to see us well and how much he wants to see us happy and, and joyful and, and and living life more abundantly, like like it says in John 10:10. 10, 10. Amen. Whoa, glory to God. And that's one scripture you love to preach on you look to teach on so much john 10 10. Yes, i remember sir. um reading let me, about let me talk yes, about john reading 10. about the story can i talk about john 10 10 yes. for a minute? awesome awesome I'll tell you why i talk about that um about, about 15 maybe 20 years ago now um i was actually doing healing school um every day here on campus and um the lord really brought me out i was doing a lot of study about you know sickness, disease, and, you know, and, you know, just talking, you know, thinking about, you know, the devil and what causes it. And all of a sudden the, the Lord brought me back to John 10, 10 says, you know, Jesus told us a long time ago in John 10, 10, that the thief, the devil, you know, mm -hmm. is out to steal, to kill and to destroy us. I mean, you know, think about this to steal. I mean, mm -hmm. that's not good to kill. That's worse. And to destroy. Well, how do you destroy something you've already killed? Well, the, the way he destroys you is destroys your legacy, destroys your family, destroys, you know, and I found a lot of times the way the devil can attack you is to attack your family. And that gets you off, off of your, off of what you're supposed to be doing. And so he's told me, Craig, you mm. need to let people know the devil's out to kill us. The devil's out to destroy us. The, the devil's out to, you know, to wipe mm. us out. But Jesus said that I have come mm. that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And when it comes to heat, you know, you can't have an abundant life if you're not healed. Um, you know, if you're sick and I've never went to a hospital one and said, you know what, that person's living life abundantly. You know, they're not. So mm. obviously, they're you not. know, healing is part of living an abundant life. And so, you know, as well as prosperity to other things as well. But, you know, we have to be healed. And, and so. The, the Lord really laid it on my heart, said it's very important that we understand that sickness and disease comes from the devil. Anything that's bad comes from the devil. COVID-19 comes from the devil. Any kind of disease, any kind of plague, any kind of thing, that all comes from the devil. And so we need to understand, you know, you know, 
My grandfather has a book called Don't Blame God. It's not God. People call him acts of God sometimes. This is the devil. He's coming to sure. still kill, destroy. But we can put our faith into Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you have, might have it more abundantly. So he's come that we can have an abundant life in the middle of the devil doing whatever he's trying to do. You know, but the devil is the God of this world, as we know, and he's going to just try to destroy us as long as we're down here. And I believe that we're living in the last days and he's going to just to try even more to destroy us like never before. But praise God that God is still God and we can have faith in God. Amen. Oh, glory to God. That was Amen. a sermon on its own. Praise God. Praise God. Um, you are in a lot of um, Brother Higgins, Holy Ghost meetings, and some of them, you know, were really just, there were some spectacular, quite spectacular things that happened in quite some of those meetings. You know, the how he said the Lord told him that there's a move of the spirit that will be lost to this generation except they are led into it. And that um, he wants him to teach about the Holy Ghost. And then in 93, late 93, early 1994, Brother Higgin began to have Holy Ghost meetings. Do you want to tell us something about some of those meetings, some of the things that happened in, in them, some just some of the high spots that stand out in your mind. Well, I mean, those are some very interesting meet meetings. Um, you know, um, Brother Hagen talked, to, talked about the move of the Holy Ghost. And like I said, he said, if, if he doesn't train people, then, then they'll be lost. And, you know, and we had some very spectacular times. You know, sometimes people who see some of these videos might not understand you know, I, I'm going to be honest, whenever it happened to me, I, I didn't understand some of the, the dancing in the spirit, the laughing in the spirit, you know, but, you know, the Bible talks about having joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, you know, we had some times where we, we couldn't even speak it out. We could just laugh it out. And it was just some Whoa. incredible times where we would just enjoy the presence of God and the manifestation of God, you know, and, and I, I believe that that God manifests in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, you know, sometimes he manifests in, in a very, you know, quiet, you know, surreal way. But then sometimes we have these, you know, these what we call Holy Ghost blowout services. And I'm, I'm sure many of you have, if you weren't there, you've seen you've seen videos and things. And, you know, and um, I, I know that I've been in a lot of compromising positions, laying on the ground, laughing, you know, you know carrying on. And, you know, but but also in the midst of all those, we, we had a lot of miraculous healings as well. You know, it's just, I don't know, there's something about getting full of the Holy Ghost. I mean, you know, you can't even describe it. I mean, you know, many people are, are looking, you know, you know, for drugs or for alcohol or something to, to fill the void. But whenever you, you get the, the, the Holy Ghost on the inside, it fills every void that you might ever have. And, and I tell you, we, we just had some miraculous times, you know, and, and we're still having some miraculous times. Now, we don't always have some of the outward things that went on, but the Holy Ghost is still real and he's still moving. Um. You know, he's still leading, he's still guiding, and, and it's just a wonderful time, you know. And, and like I said, those are great times, but these are great times as well. And, and, and I believe that the church as a whole, I, I think, you know, we're entering into, like I said, we are living the last days. And I, I believe we're going to see more and more great manifestations of, of healing, of the Holy Ghost, and of things, you know, coming up in the days to come. I really believe that. I think, um, you know, the church, um, you know, during this time has been stifled. And, and I think that a lot of people that, kind of turn their back on God, 
you know, when it comes to their, now they're having issues, whether it be physical issues, financial issues, they're coming back to God. And I believe that, you know, once the churches are able to, to get fully open, we're going to see bigger crowds, bigger people, and people more concerned about, you know, the things of God than ever before. Amen. Amen. Talking about um, being a, a minister, also a minister's child, a minister's grandchild, you're a, a, a third generation preacher in your family. Both your uh, grandfathers were preachers and um, your dad, Pastor Hagin. Uh, what is it like growing up in a pastor's house, being a uh, uh, a minister's grandchild and just being around ministry. What has that been like? Well, you know, for me, it's kind of hard to explain because that's all I've ever known. You know, it hmm. wasn't like that, that, you know, I know for some people, I, I have some friends that, you know, whenever they were younger, their parents were not pastors. And, you know, and then you know, when they got like their teenage years or whatever, their parents were called to the ministry. But my situation, I've been around the ministry all my life. I mean, I don't really know anything different. I don't know what normal life is, you know. Mm. Um, um, one of the bad things, if you want to say, you know, bad things, is that, um, um, you know, a lot of people sometimes want to put pressure on you or, or want to, you know, they think, well, because you're a minister's kid that you should be the best kid in, in Sunday school or the best kid in school, the best kid, you know, in, in everything. And now I was the best, so it didn't really bother me. Hold on, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, um, you know, for me, I didn't let people bother me. I don't, I didn't let, I, I never let people determine what, what I'm supposed to do. I mean, you know, um, for, I do know for, a, for a lot of kids, I know some kids that are not in ministry today because of the peer pressure and because of, of some of those things like that, you know, but, but, but for me, it wasn't about pressure because especially whenever, when God called me to the ministry, I know it was God that called me to the ministry. I what? No, it wasn't. It wasn't my grandfather. It wasn't my father. It was God. And so, you know, if you know it's what God's called you to do, it, it's no problem whatsoever. But you know, but growing up, um, I actually am glad that that I grew up in the generation that did grow up. I don't think I would have wanted to grow up in the internet generation, where you know, where where people have access to social media as much, you know, as 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 they, you know, you know, back then they didn't. You know, couldn't talk. They talked about you. They gossiped about you in church, but they didn't talk about you on, on social media and things like that. But but, you know, it, it's hard to describe. I mean, you know, you know, my life was always at church. I mean, you know, when I was younger, all we did was travel. And, and so um, um, we hardly were ever at home. We lived in a motor home, um, which is a lot different than a lot of people's lives. So, I mean, we traveled around them. Um, but but I did get experience a, a lot of things as a kid. Um, um, you know, most kids from, from I'm from Oklahoma, right in the middle of the country. But you know, because I was able to travel, I was able to go to California and Florida. I'd go to the beaches and all kinds of stuff. And you know, whenever I got to starting started school and actually was you know we didn't travel as much. You know, all these people would you know, the teachers would talk about different places, and I would say, well, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there. And I know one time, so they called. Um, we have what we call parent-teacher meetings where they, where they call the parents and they tell them how, how well they're doing in school. And, and they said, well, Craig's doing really well, but he has this really uh, vivid imagination. He's, he's been all these places where he says it. And, um, and so my, my, mom, my mom told the teacher, said, no, he's really been there. I mean, you know, he's traveled all his life. I mean, you know, his whole life has been, has been traveling. And so, you know, because, you know, whenever we would travel for ministry, but we would take some time from vacation times, you know, go to Disney World, go to Disneyland and, 
you know, by the time I was seven years old, I'd been to Disney World or Disneyland seven times and all kinds of things. So, so it's all, you know, there were some benefits as well, you know, in the traveling, you know, ministry. I've, I've, I've been all around the, the, the United States, been around the world and, you know, because of it. And, and it's, and it's, it's awesome. I mean, I, I like traveling is one thing I really like to do. And because I guess, cause I was young, I traveled. So, so I like to travel. I like to minister, you know, um, all over. And, and it's, it, it's, it was my childhood. It was different than everybody else's, but you know, it was my childhood and, and I don't know how your childhood was, so I don't know. I don't know how to tell you how mine was different than yours. Now, talking about Rayma, one unique thing about Rayma is that Rayma wasn't built around Brother Hagin; it was built around Apopos, and that's why even after Brother Hagin has gone home to be with the Lord, Rayma has multiplied a whole lot more in its influence around the world within the international schools, and it's been about the mandate. Do you want to just tell us something about Rhema's mandate, what Rhema is doing, and what's happening in all over the world, Rhema's impact in the nations and all? All right. Well, you know, um, my grandfather was given a mandate, I believe it was 1950. You probably you know, might know exactly. Um, um, and he was um, told to go teach my people faith. And... Um, and so the first thing the Lord led him to do was to put his his um, teaching materials in book form and tape form and, you know, get that out around the world um, as well as travel as much as he could. But my grandfather started, you know, praying to God, says, says Lord, I'm just one man. I, I can only travel so much. I mean, how am I going to get this message around the world being one man? You know, I mean, I need help. And that's when the Lord, um, you know, led him to start Rhema Bible training center then now we call it training college and um you know he um he told them not to name it after himself and a lot of people you know they'll name a, a ministry after themselves because it's not about him it's about it's about the word now rhema actually means the spoken word you know so rhema is where we teach people to speak the word we're, we're we, we we're a training center you know and he, he said unlike um other colleges i don't want you to to um to you know most colleges, you know, not, not only do you have to, a Bible college, you not only get religious courses, you have to learn math and English and, and all kinds of other things. And, and those things are good. I mean, you know, but, but Rhema is primarily to, to learn about the word. And that, that's what we're, we're endeavoring to learn about, the, about, about faith and the moving of the Holy Ghost. And those are the two things that, 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 um, that we endeavor to do. And so um, Rhema started... Um, in a borrowed building, we, we actually started in, in another church. Um, you know, we, we, we borrowed their building and we started with 77 Rama students in 1974. 58 of them graduated. And one of the most famous is Doug Jones. Many of you know Doug Jones, one of our teachers here. Um, he graduated the very first year. Um, and so 58 students graduated in a borrowed building. You know, and, you know, and my, my grandfather actually had said, you know, if we can just train 50 students a year, we can actually do something. But, but you know, after all the, these times, I mean, you know, we, we're over 85,000 Rhema grads all around the world. And it's just amazing what God has done, you know. And my grandfather never thought that we would have more than a, a, little, a little school, you know. But that little school kept getting bigger and bigger. And we finally had to move to our own building here on, on campus. And, you know, and we have 110-acre campus here at Rhema. And it's... um. 
you know, we started with a couple of buildings and built and built more and built more. And if you've ever heard my dad talk about, he says, you know, the one thing he knows a lot about is building because he's, we've had to build a lot of buildings. And then, um, you know, later on, we started over our overseas some um, campuses and, and God is just moving all around the world. And I know when my grandfather was alive, he was so excited, you know, that we actually had Raymond graduates all around the world. I mean, I remember he would talk about we have Raymond graduates on every continent of the earth. And, um, you know, he was excited about that. But, you know, now we have Raymond students on every continent of the earth. We, we have Raymond oh. students, you know, in, in 51 countries um, around the, the world. And, you know, it's exciting that not only we have graduates, we actually have students. And, you know, in every day, you know, we have, you know, people learning about the Bible, you know, you know every hour of the day all around the world. And, and you know, it, it's, it's just so exciting about what, what, what God is doing. And, you know, we are taking the mandate, you know, every Raymond grad, as we come, you know, we learn the mandate to go teach my people faith. And, you know, whenever we graduate, you know, it, it's our responsibility to go to go bring this message of faith to the entire world. And, you know, that's why we we're having like, you know, this faith session right here is we we want to teach faith. We want to teach people, you know what, you can have faith in God and with God, all things are possible, you know, and we want to teach people that. That, that, that Jesus heals and, and Jesus saves and Jesus sets people free and Jesus can change your life. And, and that's what we do at Rama. And that's, and you know, if anyone's watching this broadcast, you know, from Nigeria or, or any other country, we, we have Rama, Rama schools all around the world. And, you know, if they can get in contact with you guys and, and you can let them know about where the nearest school to, to wherever they might live, you know, we encourage you. If any of you feel a call to the ministry, I, I know folks that, that you felt such a call and couldn't come to America that you went to India to get trained. And now yes, you're sir. back in, in Nigeria, you know, and I mean, you can get trained anywhere in the world. I mean, we, we have yes, we have you know, um, training centers all over and God's doing wonderful things. And, and we all have the same mandate and the same vision and the same goal to go teach my people faith. Amen. Um, your dad is a pastor, Pastor Hagen. And um, right from the scratch, he was actually the one who did the nitty gritty of putting the school together, of yeah. organizing, building uh, the buildings, the books, the tapes, getting them out, and how the ministry grew. And um, you want to tell us something about him? Uh, we know him, um, the pastor, uh, his attitude, I cannot be defeated, I will not quit. You just want to tell us something about his heart and his passion to see God's word go out and Bless lives. Just tell us about your dad. Yeah. Well, well first of all, you have to understand in, in my grandfather's life, if he always, if he said that we're going to do something, that means that someone's going to do something, you know, and it, for a long time, it was my dad. He was, he was the one that was, you know, whenever the Lord said, we're going to start a Bible school, then, you know, he looked from, to my dad and said, well, you go start. It. I don't know how to start a Bible school. And so my dad took, you know, you know, his Bible school, he went to, took some lessons and started the curriculum and, from there, it's kind of went forward. But, um, you know, my, my dad is one of those people who was very passionate. Um, you know, he, 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 he's ex-military, was in the Army, was in the intelligence service, um, you know, but, you know, he's passionate about everything he does. He, he, he feels that, you know, whatever you do, you got to give it 100%. And, and that's how he is. Like I said, he has a, a no-quit attitude. And I believe that's what we have to have as, as, you know, in, as a Christian a no quit attitude that we're not going to quit no matter how much the devil tries to, to come and, and, and tries to, to steal and kill and to destroy from us. We're going to keep going. Like I said, he has 
His saying is, I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. As long as we don't quit, we're going to make it through. And so, you know, he's that. But, you know, on the outside, he seems like like he's really rough and tough. But but he is one of the most loving, compassionate persons that you can ever find. I mean, I mean, he 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 loves people and he and he wants to see people's lives change. And, you know, and, and a lot of times, um, you know, throughout the years, because he's had to be the boss and stuff, a lot of times you didn't see that hard. But but, you know, as as he gets older, he's he's more a little more transparent, more um. You know, he, he just he's he, he wants to see this move of God, you know, change this world. And um, and he's he's just, a, you know, the best dad you could ever ask for. I tell you, I mean, he's been involved in everything that, you know, all my stuff. He's been involved in all my all, all my my kids, his grandchildren. I mean, I mean, there's been times I've watched him go to six different games, you know, in, in a Saturday to, to see all his grandkids play baseball, basketball, football and. And we like the auto race. And so, um, you know, he, he's he's a very loving father. He's a very passionate man. But but he wants to see, you know, God move in your life. And he wants to see your life change. And, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, God, God gave me a wonderful grandfather, but he also gave me an incredible father. And, you know, I thank God I'm the father I am today because of my father. You know, and, and I know a lot of times, you know, when my dad was younger, um, his father traveled and at that time, you know, you didn't, you had to travel by car, you didn't have airplanes. And, and so his father was gone a lot in his life. And so because of that, you know, he's always tried as much as he could to, to be there with us. I mean, he did travel some, but you know, because of airplanes, he was able to be, be there more. And, and I, I just, you know, thank God for the father that I have. And, you know, not only is he, is he a pastor, not, not only is, is he the nitty gritty guy behind the scenes, you know, he, he's, he's a loving dad and I, and I love him so much. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, we've been uh, taking a lot of questions. Uh, what about just sharing God's word? There's this pandemic that's all over uh, the world today. This COVID-19 deal. And um, some people are in panic. Uh, people, are, some are sick. Some have lost loved ones. Some people are bothered what's going to happen to their jobs, what's going to happen to the economy. Sir, just share from your heart. Boost uh, our faith. How do we overcome in turbulent times? Well, well, first of all, that um, one thing that, that my, especially my mom, ever since I was a, a little child, my mom has always taught us the 91st Psalm. You know, in the night first Psalm, it says that no plague shall come near us. You know, and COVID-19 is a plague. Now, I was actually watching, I don't know, um, my, my grandfather's El Shaddai video. I don't even see his El Shaddai video. And in that video, he talked about, um, he, he talked about polio. And he talked about the polio vaccine. And he, he talked about, you know, and he was excited you know, that, that it happened and it's going to help, help many people. Um, but he says, you know, he was telling um, my grandmother, he says, you know what? We vaccinated our kids when they were born with the 91st Psalm. And we need to vaccinate ourselves with the 91st Psalm right now. I mean, that, that starts out. We need to know what the 91st Psalm says. And it says that no plague shall come nigh our dwelling place on, on the King James Version or, or near us. And so, you know, so no evil shall come near us. And so we need to know that, first of all, that, that we need to claim that. And every day of my life, since I've been born and since I, well, since I, the, every day since I, I have known the 91st Psalm, 
Every day I claim the 91st Psalm over me and my family, always have every day, um, usually multiple times a day. And, um, you know, because I understand that the this plague has no power over me. But Amen. one of the biggest things, folks, I've noticed is that people right now are in fear like I've never seen it before. I mean, you know, and a lot of I, I understand, I get it. A lot of the fear is the fear of the unknown. We we don't really know. We, we don't know, you know, how bad this is. We, we you know, there's some people they say are symptomatic. They don't even know they have it and they're spreading to people. And so they're afraid to be around anybody. Um, we don't know, you know, if, if if you get it, can you, are you immune for the rest of your life? Is it going to come back in the fall? We don't know. You know, the, the doctors have said, let's do this, let's do that. And no one really knows. Um, but one thing we do know is that Jesus Christ on Calvary, it says that by his stripes, we were healed. And, you know, and so we were healed of COVID-19 2,000 years ago. And so we know that. But we also know over in 2 Timothy um, one seven, and we we all we all quote this verse. But, you know, it's one thing to be able to quote a verse; another 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 way to actually believe the verse. And Second Timothy one seven says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind." Now, notice the word "has not." Well, if God has not given us a spirit of fear, if we're in fear then we're being overtaken by the devil because it's the devil who gives us the spirit of fear. Remember, he's also the one, we've already talked about John 10, 10. He's the one who steals, kills, and destroys. He's the one who's trying to put that fear on you. And um, I have found out, obviously, that faith is the opposite of fear. So until you can get out of fear, you cannot get into faith. So it starts, first of all, is you have to decide that you're not going to have that spirit of fear. You know, because God has not given you a spirit of fear. And so you're going to trust in the Lord. You know, the Bible says, trust the Lord with all his might. I mean, you know, we should trust in God. And, uh, you know, it says that he has given us power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind is, is I'm not worried about anything. I, I'm, you know, God has things under control. And we have to get to that point where we do not have fear. You know, I'm not afraid of of a virus. I'm not afraid of disease. I'm not afraid of anything. And, um, you know, we have to decide that, you know, obviously this comes from the devil, not from God. And, 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 and so first of all, we have to get out of fear. Now, once we get out of fear, that's when we have to get into faith. All right. You know, so step one, get out of fear. Step two is to get out of faith. And, and I want to start out um, reading a faith scripture that really is what I call the basics, the basic scripture is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, many people, um, you, know, you know, they want something, they believe something, but they don't see it. A lot of people think, well, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. No, faith is believing it before you see it. Faith is your evidence of something you don't see. Now, whenever you're in faith, it says, now faith is. Whenever, whenever you, you pray the prayer of faith, you believe. Just like, you know, it's our salvation prayer. When, when I, I have never heard anyone tell me, you know what, Brother Craig, I prayed a salvation prayer, but I don't know whether I'm really saved or not. I mean, everyone I know that prays the salvation prayer, they believe that they're saved. Why? Because... You know, they, they confess with their mouth that, that, that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. You know, they that's forgiven for their sins. And we thank you that they'll come into he'll come into our heart. 
And, and we thank you, Father, that we're saved. People prayed that prayer like, oh, I'm saved. But, you know, we pray a prayer of faith for healing, and I've heard people come back and say, oh, I don't know if I'm healed or not. Well, how can you not know? Because you prayed. You know, it's the same thing. It's the same faith that heals you. It's the same faith that saves you. And this scripture right here says faith is the evidence. You know, and so we don't have to wait for something. We have it when we pray. Um, now, um, many people, now see, you know, faith um, um, is, um, is present tense. Now faith is. Hope is in the future. When you're hoping something's going to happen, you're hoping that it will happen. Now, I've heard people come and said, you said, Craig, I'm believing that I'm going to get healed. Well, believing and going to get is the future. Well, when are you going to get healed? See, faith is having it now. Yeah. All right. And when you have faith, you have it now. And you have to understand that, that see, I confess that, that I have healing now. Now, maybe right now some of you are, are, you know, don't need healing, but you're having some financial difficulties right now because of this whole pandemic. You know, well, faith is believing you have the finances before you see the finances. Well, how do you do that? It's called faith. Well, well how does that work? You disbelieve. Now, um, one of my favorite definitions of faith is, is faith is an unquestioning belief. An unquestioning belief. That, that's a, Webster's New World Dictionary tells us that. You know, and for like 15 years, I preached on faith. And then one day I decided to look up in the dictionary. And um, it was Webster's New World Dictionary is what I had. And um, I got that definition. It changed my life. So what is the question? So how many times have, have people, you know, they pray to prayer and then they start saying, well, God, when is it going to happen? Well, you know, when's the question? If you're asking questions, you're not in faith, you know, or, mm. or God, why has it not happened yet? Well, why is the question? If you're asking questions, you're not in faith, you know, well, how come mm. it hasn't happened? Well, that's the question. Faith is unquestioning, but if you don't question it, you, you know that God is God and God is in control. And so we got to get to the point where to say, you know what? You know, I believe that Jesus Christ took the stripes on his back. You know, like 1 Peter 2.24 says, took the stripes on his back. And by his stripes, we are healed. We have been healed. You know, we're ha we, we've already been healed. We, we don't have to get healed again. We've already been healed 2,000 years ago. And the way we receive our healing is by our faith. Yes, sir. We just simply have faith. You know, and... um. It's just that simple. We have to believe the Bible. We have to believe the word. And I know that my grandfather, he always would say that, um, you know, that that he was a stickler for the word of God, that, that, that you know, God says that I believe and it settles it for me. Well, God clearly says, you know, the Bible clearly says here that faith is the evidence of things we don't even see. We have it when we don't see it, you know, yeah. and so, um, you know, when we pray, we should expect to, to have them. Now, when I was a kid, or when a lot of people were, you know, were, were children, we, we had a, a vivid imagination. You know, I, I know some people that had imaginary friends, some people that, that, that would imagine things. Well, I even know my, my granddaughter, uh, even when, when I left her at home today, um, she was playing with her dolls, and she was imagining that they were talking on the phone to each other and different things. I mean, you know, they, they, I mean, they have this vivid imagination. So what I tell people is go back to when you used to be able to imagine things. And so I want you to imagine that you're healed when you pray. I want you to imagine that, that, that your need is met whenever you pray. I mean, just like you did whenever you were a kid, you know, but people start saying, well, how's that going to happen, Craig? I mean, you know, it's not, it's not that the how-to doesn't matter. It's not your, your responsibility to the how-to. It's your responsibility to believe. 
That's your responsibility. You know, you have to believe. It's up to you to believe. And, and you know, if you can believe, you can receive. And, and so, um, you know, many people are trying to figure out, well, how am I going to get this? How is it going to work? And, and, and you know, they're, they're all about the how. You know, and I'm more about the why. Why is it going to work? Because God says so. Because Whoa. Jesus Christ died upon the cross. Because the word of God says so. You know, and if the, and, and if it doesn't happen, it means it's, it's as long as I have faith, as long as my belief is where it needs to be, then really it's up to God to do the rest. You know, mm. and, and so um, when it comes to this situation, especially like here now, COVID-19 here, I mean, the one thing that I do and many of us are doing is we're speaking to the disease. Now, because see, this disease, at least, you know, in the Tulsa area, as it hits the Tulsa area, that that affects my life. That affects my ability to go to a restaurant, my ability to go to a church, my ability, you know, to go out and enjoy life, my ability for my my kids and grandkids to go to school, the ability for the students to come to school. I mean, that affects a lot. So I ha I have power and authority to speak to this disease in my city, and it has to leave. And as we begin to begin to speak, we have seen our numbers continue to go down and down and down, and you know. And even as we've been able to open up more, and we're actually we're in our third week of, of, of actually we're going to our fourth week now of, of having in-person services with social distancing and things. And they told us, well, once people start getting out more, we're, it's going to start spreading more. And the other day, the um, the the, um, the news report was saying that we have defied the odds because even though that we're out more, it's not spreading anymore. Why is it not spreading anymore? Because I believe because because we have taken authority over it, and I, and I I want to encourage each and every one of you Amen. you to take authority you know over that disease in your area. I mean you know you you have you do have some say so in your area. You might not have say so around the world, but you have say so in your area because if it affects you, if it affects your city, it affects your church, it affects your business. You know you have some say so, and I I want I want to you I want you to. To speak to that disease, I want you to command to go. First of all, I want you to pray for people that, that that need to be healed, obviously. But I mean, you know, our numbers are going down and down, and it's it's you know it's incredible just to see, um, you know, how awesome God is. And um, you know, we have also been getting reports of, of um of many people of a few people that not many because we actually we don't have that that we haven't heard from that many of our partners who actually have the disease. Um, but we had a few, and we've sent out some prayer cloths, and we, we've we've had some testimonies about how, how they've been healed. In fact, we had a testimony the other day. We hadn't even got the cloth to them. We just told them it's on the way, and they said they, they immediately started feeling better. Um, at, at the time that we prayed, um, and so when actually uh, my, my mom was the one praying over that cloth, and and she prayed that that you know, before the cloth ever got there that they they would start recovering, and and it says it was amazing. And that afternoon, um, the the person said they started feeling better. You know, when we pray, you know, because there's no distance in the spirit. And so, you know, God is good. And we need to understand Whoa. that God is good. You know, and I like to go back. One of my scriptures I like to read back in the Old Testament uh, over in Proverbs, um, Proverbs chapter three and um, verse number five. It says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. But notice it says to trust him with all your heart. Now, um, that means 
If you're trusting with all your heart, you're not asking him, God, why is this not happening? Mm. God, when is this going to happen? You see, mm. my trust is in God wholeheartedly. See, when, whenever I pray, I believe, you know what, God, you have made this happen. Whoa. It's mine. Now, the next, ver the next part is really important. It says, and lean not to your own understanding. And mm. that's what a lot of us do. We're trying to lean to our own understanding. We're trying to figure out, well, God, how are you going to make this disease leave? Or God, how, how are you going to you know, you know, make this go away? How are you going to cause our economy to come back in a, in a, in a very quick manner? How am I going to be able to, to pay my bills? And so we start trying to figure, we're trying to figure out how, you know, we're trying to understand it. And a lot of this has to do with education, and I, and I believe in education. But, you know, a lot of times because we've educated ourselves, I know um, for me, I was very good in math. And, um, but my teacher, when we have mathematics, my teacher would always say, you have to show your work. And, you know, I don't know how it is in Nigeria, but they would say, you have to show your work. And our teacher said, we, you can't just have the answer. You have to show all your work and things and because they want to see how you, how you came up with that answer. Well, so because we learn that way, when it comes to believing God, we want to try to show our work. And we want to mm. we, we try to, to say, okay, God, well, if I'm not going to show my at least you show your work. Tell me how it's going to happen. Or, or I'm going to <laughs> tell you how it's going to happen. And so a lot of times when people are praying, they're trying to figure out, well, how am I going to make it work? Or God, how are you going to make it work? Well, it's not up to you to figure out how you're going to make it work or how he's going to make it work. It's up to you to lean not to your own understanding. Amen. I've heard people, you know, they come and say, Craig, I just don't understand faith. And I, I'll come back and say, well, then you got it. And they're like, I just said I don't understand. How do, how do I have something I don't understand? Because the Bible says to not to lean your own understanding. You don't have to understand it. <laughs> All you have to do is believe. It's not up to you to understand. You know, God didn't tell you to understand. He told you to believe. He told you to ask. He, he told you, you know, to ask in faith. He, he didn't tell you to understand. It's not for you to understand. You know, we don't understand God. I mean, you know, it's, um, I mean, here's the thing. As a little child, you know, I accept the Lord as, as a child. And I never asked God, well, well, God, how is Jesus going to come in my heart? I mean, you know, is he going to literally come down in my heart and, and, and dwell? I mean, how's that, how's that work? I don't know how that works. You know, obviously, as we get older, we understand it's the spirit of God that, that dwells in, in, inside our spirit. But, but, you know, as a little child, I, I just think I got the Lord on the inside of me. I don't, know how, I don't know how he's there. He's just there. You know, I never tried to understand it. And so we need to be like more like kids. You know, I, I don't have to understand it. I, I, my, my, what I have to do is I have to trust him. Amen. I have to trust him with all my heart. Now, oh, if, if I'm in fear, I'm not trusting God. If mm. I'm afraid, you know, this virus is going to get me, my, my business is going to crash, or, you know, a lot of times we're afraid of what's going to happen. Um, mm. And, you know, the only reason it's going to happen is because we say it's going to happen. You know, mm. we've learned many times that we got to speak to our situation. we got to speak, you know, to, to everything around about us and, and it, you know, and yeah, but I've heard people say, well, it's impossible for the virus not to spread. It's impossible for this economy to come back. But the Bible says, Luke 18, 27, that things that are impossible to man are possible to God. Amen. So, you know, what? if my faith is in the Lord, if my faith is in God, those things are possible. So yes, I, I, 
you know, the Bible says, you know, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me or who Christ that gives me the strength. Now, it doesn't say I can do all things. It says I can all do all things when my trust in, is, is in the Lord. And mm. see, it's the same thing. If we'll trust God, God will get us out every Amen. time. I mean, Amen. every time. But here's the thing. that The reason we have trouble trusting in God goes back to John 10.10. 10. The thief is here. He, he's there to still kill and destroy. You know, he's like, he's like knocking on the door and telling you, well, Craig, this isn't going to happen this time. You know, mm. maybe maybe last time it happened, but this is this is different. This is a global pandemic. I mean, I mean, the economy, I mean, everyone's out of a job and all these. I mean, how is it going to happen? Well, you know what? God is still God in the middle of a global pandemic. And I've seen God bless people. You know, whenever I've seen I've seen the rain come down on one farmer's field and everybody else didn't have any rain. Why? Mm. Because this person believed God. You say, well, that's impossible. Well, the things that are impossible to man are possible with God. With God, all things are possible. And, you Amen. know, they're only possible if we believe them. You know, yes, and sir. I think that during this time that we're going to have to decide, do you believe God or do you not believe God? You know, hmm. um, you know, I know a lot of people for, for, you know, especially even, you know, this year, things were going great. I mean, things were going awesome. And all of a sudden, it seems that, you know, when, when this virus hit, everything just you know, went crazy, you know, including the people themselves. And, and everybody, everybody's all concerned and all worried. And I understand, you know, you know, we, we should have some concern. You know, we should, you know, we, you know, we should understand natural consequences. It's just like if you go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, we took this test, you know, we, and they show you all, all the natural things. And they said, you know, you know, this is this is what what your body's saying. And so, okay, that's what the body says, but this is what the word of God says. So, so, so you need to understand the difference that, you know, that whose report you're going to believe. And, and so when it comes down to this, we've been getting a lot of negative reports, you know, and, and um, but thank God that God is always a positive person, you know, yes, and, um, and so, but the devil, see what happens is the devil will try to talk to you in, in your ear and they'll try to tell you it's not going to happen. There is no way. I mean, you know, everyone's going to get this virus. So many people are going to die. You're, you're never, you're, 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 you'll never have as much money as you, if you, as you had. Your business is going to fail. You know, but the thing about it is, is that God says, if you'll trust in me with all your heart and lean not to understanding, I'm going to direct your path. I'm going to show you what way to take. I'm going to show you how to, how to come out of this recession, how to come out of this pandemic. I'm, I'm going to show you what to do. But you got to trust me first. Just trust me. You know, that's what the Lord's saying. Just trust me. Quit trying to understand. For some of us, I believe that we should quit watching the news. You know, and, and I understand sometimes it's 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 good to know what's going on in, in the world. But but when you watch the news, you see so much negativity. You know, and you don't you don't see a lot of positive stories. You see all these negative stories, and you know. But but it's time to turn to God. Maybe turn the turn the TV off. Turn to God and begin to pray. You know, the, the mm. Bible says if, if, if we'll begin to pray, the Lord's going to heal our land. You know, and who sure. right now to be, needs to be healed. And, and prayer can change things. You know, I, I was thinking, I just preached the other day on, on, on Hezekiah. King Hezekiah was, was told by the prophet to put his house in order because he's going to die. The Bible, mm. you know, the prophet said, said, you shall surely die. Well, the Bible says that Hezekiah 
turned his face to the wall and began to pray. And when he began to pray, that prayer changed things. So before the prophet of God ever left, the, he was still in the courtyard of, 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 the, of the palace. The Lord told him to go, go back and tell Hezekiah that, that I'm, I'm going to give you some more years. You know, so he never had to put his house in order. He, he, he didn't die, and he told him how much longer he was going to live. You know, and so when we're facing a situation, we should be, turn our face to the wall and begin, to, and begin to pray. Now, what does it mean, turn your face to the wall? It means close everything else out, all the negativity, all, all, the, all the, the negative stuff, and just trust in the Lord. Just turn your face and say, said, God, you're in control. You know, when we were a kid, we used to sing that, that you have the whole world in his hands. He has the whole world. But you know what? God still has the whole world in his hands. And God is still oh, in control. You know, but we have to trust him. We have to say, you know what, God? I know that you, that you still love us. I know you still care about us. And so, so we're going to trust you with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. You know, and as we do that, he's going to direct our path. He, he's he's going to he's going to point us um, toward what we need to do. I want to go over to um to Mark chapter eleven, and obviously, as we all know, that's the keynote the keynote scriptures for this ministry. Um, Mark chapter eleven, and um, hang on, let me get there. Let me get their turn there. Okay, Mark chapter eleven. And starting with verse 22, and, and verse 22 is the verse that I live my life on. All right. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. So Jesus was telling his disciples, have faith in, in God. Now, a lot of times, you know, we as Christians, we read verse 23 and 24 and talks about speaking to your mountain. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But, but we have to realize that, in order to speak to our mountain, our faith has to be in God first. You know, it, it's it's interesting. I don't see, I, I watch a lot of ministers minister, and I don't see a lot of people pointing out, you know what, before you speak to that mountain, you got to put your faith in God. So step one is put your faith in God. That, that's even before you you say it with your mouth, leave it in your heart and have what you say, you got to put your faith in God. And a lot of people, their faith is not in God. A lot of people, their faith is in some minister, some, you know, some, some preacher, some pastor, you know, their parents or whatever. But our faith has to be in God. The Bible clearly says, have faith in God. Now, one translation of this is have the God kind of faith. And um, so I was praying one time. This is back when I was doing healing school. And I said, I said, Lord, give me, um, tell me what the God kind of faith really is. Because I don't know how to describe the God. I mean, how do I describe it? And so what the Lord did was he brought me back to the very first book in the Bible, to Genesis. You know, and it says the earth was null and void. And it says, and God said, let there be light. The next thing says, and there was light. Now, he began to speak to me. He says, you know, when God said, let there be light, do you think God expected there to be light? Of course he did, because he's God. All right. Yes, so when he spoke to the, the, the nothings, he expects light to come on. You yes, know, sir. Just like we, you know, if you, you know, we go to a room and we turn on our light, we expect the light to come on. And if it doesn't come on, there's a couple of things wrong. Either the lights burn out or electricity is not working in your house, whether, you know, and so, um, you know, but when God spoke, he expected, you know, to, to happen. Now, we, a lot of times, the way we teach, 
you know, almost like this. Well, when you know, speak to to the for the light to come on, and then give an offering. And once you give an offering, the light will come on. No, God didn't give an offering. He doesn't say that, that God said, let there be light, and he gave an offering to himself. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't do that. But I've heard a lot of ministers speak, and, and you know, maybe they don't. That's the way, the, the impression I get. Well, if you give a big enough offering, God will meet your need. No, God will meet your need because he loves you, because yes, you put sir. your faith in him, because you put your trust in him. Or some people will think like this. You know, God says, let there be light. And he began to pray for 40 days and 40 nights. And, and, you know, and then, then the light came on. No, when God spoke, immediately it happened. It happened immediately. There, that's the God kind of faith. Say it with your mouth, leave it in your heart, and have what you say. When God said it, he believed it. And he had it, right? And then, so it says, have faith in God. And then the next verse goes on, Mark eleven twenty three. It says, um, I'm reading from the New King James. For assuredly, I say to you, that whoever says to this mountain, it's important that Jesus says this because many people think this is only for the disciples. Mm. But Jesus didn't say, you 12 and no more. He says, mm. whoever, mm. you know, whoever, or the, the King James has whosoever. I don't know. I've heard my grandfather, I'm sure you have too. My, my, my grandfather said, well, whosoever includes you. You are a whosoever. You need to understand that you have authority to speak to this, to a mountain, or or to a disease, or, or or to a problem, or whatever it might be, it says that whoever says, and whoever is you, but it means it doesn't say if your pastor says, it doesn't say if a minister says, it says if you'll say it, if mm. you'll speak up. And see, that's one thing we need to understand. This Bible is about you. It's not about it is about me, but it's you know this is this you know you can actually read it. it you know says um, I say to you that when Craig speaks to a mountain. You know, yeah. or when Toke speaks to a mountain, or or when Johnny speaks to a mountain, or when Mary speaks to a mountain, it's about you. You gotta be one doing the speaking. I, I know a lot of people, they come and they want somebody else to pray for them, and they expect, yeah. well, if you pray for me, it's gonna happen. Well, I'm here to tell you, if you'll speak, it'll happen too. But you you yeah. have to speak. And it says, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea. All right. Now, do you understand that it's impossible? I mean, he's looking at a little mountain, a literal mountain, and he's saying, this mountain is going to be removed and be cast in the sea. So it's not just going to be moved. It's going to be thrown into, into the lake or to the ocean or, or whatever. That's not possible. That's impossible. That's when it comes to lean not to your own understanding. You know, the mountain we're speaking you know, to you know, today during this generation is COVID-19. You know, and the effects, not just the you know, the sickness, but also all the effects on our economy and things like that. That's our mountain right now. And so when we speak to that mountain, we can command it to be gone. To be, you know, The reason that the Lord said to be cast in the sea is because he wants to understand the mountain's not just going to move a few feet. It's not going to mm -hmm. just move a few inches. It's going to get out. It's going to get out of the way. And so, oh. I mean, you know, and everyone said, well, that's impossible. Well, all things are possible with God. You know, it's sure. our faith is in God. Remember, we have to have our faith in God before we speak to anything. We have to yes, lean sir. up to our understanding before we do anything. And it says, you know, you speak, you know, and, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Understand, it's all talking about what you say, what you yes, say, sir. you know, but it says, you know, and I, and I, I know my grandfather really talked a lot, a lot about, about speaking, and I think that's very important. Speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. And, and in fact, 
But it's also very important not to doubt. You know, mm. there's so many people that, that um, you know, they have learned, you know, to speak a confession. I know a lot mm. of people wake up every morning and say, well, this is the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad. And we've, we've all heard that. Then they walk down downstairs and they gripe with their kids and they gripe with their, with their wife and they go to work and they gripe with their employees. I mean, they're just speaking in confession. But because you know, so, so it, a lot of people that are that read the word, but they don't believe the word. You know, mm. you know, it, it's become it's just become a confession. It's become something they say. You know, mm. but but you you got to believe what you say. You know, yes, if sir. this really is a, this is the day the Lord's made, we're going to rejoice and we're glad. We're going to rejoice no matter what. We're going to rejoice whether we're tired or not. We're going to rejoice whether there's sickness or disease or not. We're going to rejoice no matter what because you know what. It's 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 God's day, and so I believe that a lot of us, you know, our problem is remember faith is unquestioning belief. People are starting to doubt, and I don't know how many people I've talked to now concerning this situation here. The devil, I mean, I'm talking about Christian people that, that I think are people of faith, and there's a lot of doubt. I mean, they're they're like, I, I don't know how our ministry is ever going to get where it was. I mean, we've lost, you know, all these people who go to our church have lost their jobs and. You know, they can't afford to support us, and I don't know how we're going to be able to, you know, to, to do what we're doing as a church. Well, you know what? God did a lot of things before your church ever existed. So Whoa. God has been around a long time. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, go back to the Old Testament. Remember the children of Israel that were in the desert for 40 years? God provided food for them every day. He, he provided for them all the time. He's always providing for them. And that same God, you know, he's, 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 he's always the same. And he's going to still provide for you if you believe it. You got to believe. We have to believe that God will provide for us, you know, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're going through, no matter what the economy says, you know, God is going to provide. Our God is a provider. And, um, you know, and some people say, well, I don't see how. I don't care how. That's my my point is I don't care how. I just know that he's told me to believe him. My belief and my trust is in him, and my God will provide. The Bible says, you know, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. You know, yes, sir. now you understand that needs are more than just financial. Needs are physical. Needs are, a lot of people think that that's a, that's a money scripture. Well, it might be, but you know what? Sometimes I need healing. You know, hmm. sometimes I need peace. Sometimes I need wisdom. I mean, you know, sometimes I do need finances, but, but the Bible says that, but my God shall supply all, not part of my need. You know, that's something else. Is I know a lot of people, if 80% of their needs were met, they'd be excited about it. Hmm. You know what? But God don't want to meet 80% of your needs. He, he wants to meet all your needs. In fact, the Bible talks about, I mean, you know, press down, shaking together, and running over. He, want, he wants to meet your needs and more. He's a God that's more than enough, not a God that's just enough. A God that's more than enough. A God that wants to meet your needs financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally, Every way he wants to meet your needs, but he wants you to expect your needs to be met. He wants you to trust in him with all your heart. He wants you to not lean to your own understanding. He wants you to to acknowledge him and and say, you know what? If you need something, just, just ask me. Just ask me. Anyway, it goes on. Verse 24 says, therefore, I say to you, understand these are for these scriptures for for us individually. I say to you that, that whatever things that you ask, it doesn't say it says whatever you ask for. Whatever you ask. Well, you know, I'm always specific on what I ask for. I mean, you know, right now, I've been asking that COVID-19 will leave, will leave this earth. I've been asking, you know, you know, that 
people that are hurt, whether it be physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually, whatever that might be, that, that, that will we'll, take care of that. But whatever you ask, if, if you need healing in your body, whatever it might be, whatever you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Now, understand you're going to have it when you pray. Not, you know, if you believe, once again, we started with, with um, over in Hebrews chapter 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Whenever you pray, you get the evidence before you even see it. That's what it sure. comes down to. You have it before you see it. And I know my grandfather always would talk about, well, you know, when I know people, let's take, for example, I know, I know an individual that um, was believing God for a new car. And I tell you, man, that day that new car came in, they were so excited. And, and you know, and, and, and I was so excited with them because, you know, they had actually in this situation, um, they had believed for like for three years for a brand new car. And, and it was um, amazing. I mean, I mean, this person, I was there. They drove up in a brand new car, handed, handed her the keys, and it was exactly the car that she wanted. You know, and wow. she, was, she was excited and she was dancing and shouting and, and all kinds of praising God. You know, and that, that is great. But my grandfather always pointed out, we should act like that as soon as we pray. Whenever we pray, we, we should be getting excited about it. We, you know, we'll say, well, yeah, but I don't see it. doesn't matter whether you see it or not. You believe. You know, yes, sir. by faith, it's, it's by faith. Now, sometimes we don't always see the light come on, but we know it came on. It's yes, just sir. like when Jesus spoke to the fig tree. As soon as he spoke to the fig tree, there was no difference on the outside of that fig tree. But something began to happen in that root system as soon as he spoke. Now, nobody yeah. saw it on the outside. You know, the next day when they went by, they saw the outside caught up with the inside. And you mm. have to understand, whenever we speak the word, whenever we speak to that mountain, on the inside, on the root system, things begin to, to work. It's just like, you know, if, if you go to the doctor and, and they say you have stage four cancer, do you realize that your body didn't start with stage four cancer? At one time, you had stage one cancer, and then you had stage two cancer, and then you had stage three cancer, and then went to stage four. Now, maybe you didn't find out about it until it got to stage four, but it went through stages. Now, yeah. people, you know, you know, and I know sometimes people have stage four cancer, they're healed immediately, and that's awesome. But I know other people that they are healed gradually. They got the disease gradually, and they're healed gradually. Well, well, why does it happen that way? I don't know why it happens that way. The main thing is, if we believe it, it's going to happen, whether it happens gradually, whether it happens immediately, it's just like my brain tumor. I mean, it would have been great for it to happen immediately and go. But you know what? You know, we had to have surgery, but 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 God still took care of it. He took care of the bones on the back. We still had miracles. And in the middle of my miracles, other people got healed. And, and I, I, God got the glory. And, you know, although I don't understand why it had to happen that way, it did. You know what? And I'm not complaining about it. Neither is anybody else. So the thing is, I'm enjoyed, I can enjoy my life and so can you. And so a lot of people get all upset. Well, well, I prayed and I don't got it tomorrow. You know, I, I tell people a lot of times that we're, you know, I, I live in what I call the microwave generation. And my generation, when I was a youngster, we got this thing called the microwave. And, and you could put it in the microwave, push it for, you know, you know, a minute or whatever, pull it out, and, it, and it's done. And, and now people get what we call microwave meals. And I know people get mad. I, I know especially microwave popcorn. I don't know if you ever you microwave popcorn. And people like, man, they're sitting there waiting for it to pop, and they can't even wait the two minutes for it to come, you know, for it to get ready. I mean, they want they you know they want it in one minute, and that's our generation. Our generation, we we want it immediately. I mean, you know, you know, we want it now. We're, we're the now generation, and sometimes we get upset when we say, well, how come it isn't immediate? Well, you know what? I don't care whether it's immediate or not. If you'll trust God, you will get your answer. 
You will get it, you know, and you have to believe God. It came immediately, even though you didn't see it immediately. You know, you have it by faith, you know, and we have to understand the, the Bible says um, in Mark 9, 23, that if we believe, if we believe, you have to believe. If you believe that all things are possible to them that believe. All right. But you have to believe. It's you believing. It's you saying to your mountain. It's you saying to your virus. It's you saying to your disease. It's you saying to your situation. Because, you know, Jesus was talking about a literal mountain, but we have all kinds of mountains in our life. And some of our mountains are financial. Some of them are spiritual. Some of them are emotional. Some of them are, 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 are you know, are, are not a physical mountain, but a physical, you know, a, a sickness, which is our mountain. So you need to learn to speak to your mountain, whatever your mountain might be. And, and Tokes, your mountain might be different than my mountain. Sometimes yes, it might sir. be a second mountain. You know, but... Yes, sir. But we have the authority to speak to any mountain. Yes, and, you know, sir. You know, I, I've often told someone one time, I said, you know, when you see a mountain, you can see it off in the distance. You know, if that mountain was actually to move like 10 feet, you would never know it. You know, but mm. I'm not going to move your mountain 10 feet. I'm going to move it out. I, if you were, you know, if let's say you drove to work every day and passed a mountain. All right. If you were driving to work one day and there was no mountain there, you would notice that. That, yes, would, be, that, that would be noticeable. You know, if that mountain moved 10 feet because it was so big, you didn't really, you wouldn't have noticed 10 feet, you know, or 10 meters for you guys or, or whatever. I guess 10 feet would be like five meters. Um, you know, but he says, we're going to take this mountain. We're going to obliterate it. We're, we're going to get rid of it. We're going to throw it into the sea. We're going to throw it in the ocean. And so, so what Jesus is saying is, is whatever mountain you're facing, I want to get it out of your life so much you're never going to be able to see it again. You know, it, it's going it's to go away. It's going to quit existing anymore. And that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to, to do in your life. And, you know, we can just have faith that God will take care of our situations. All we have to do is ask him. Ask him. You know, um, in a few minutes we're going to pray for people. But, but, but I want to um, read um, a couple more things um, here. I'm going to go to um, – um, sorry, I don't have everything all – bookmarked here, ready to go. Normally I have my Bible all bookmarked and I know when I'm going to go, but you know, situations like this, we're just off the cuff and we're just doing you yes, know, whatever. So, so I don't have my scriptures right where, where I want it to, to be. But um, um, John chapter 14, John chapter 14 and verse 13 um, says this. It says, and whatever you ask in my name, so this is Jesus talking once again, Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14 says this, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So what Jesus is saying right here, understand, he basically says the same thing, you know, over again. He says, first of all, whatever you ask, and then he says, if you ask anything. So what Jesus, you know, they tell you whenever you're, you're preaching or, or talking, when, whenever you kind of repeat yourself, you're trying to make a point. So Jesus right here trying to make a point says, you know what, guys, if there's something in your life that you need, whether it be healing, whether it be, you know, whatever it might be, just ask. Just ask me. And he says that the first thing he says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I, I'm going to do it. Second time he says, if you ask for anything in my name, I will do it. So whatever you ask, he's going to do it. He's going to meet your needs. Yes, sir. But we have yes, to ask sir. Him. We have to ask him. Mm. It's just simple as that, you know, and, and I believe that it's time for us to open up our mouths and ask God for what we need, you know, and, you know, obviously as, as 
the whole earth right now, what we need is we need for this virus to leave. You know, we need for the people who are not that, that are, are hurting to recover. And then we need for our economy, the global economy, not just our economy here and economy in Nigeria. I mean, you know, if it just if, if America and Nigeria were the only two countries that had a good economy, the world would, would still have a, a be, be terrible. We yes, need sir. we need everyone together to believe that our global economy will come back not, not only like it was, but better than ever before. Amen. You know, we also need the Lord, you know, to lead our, you know, the Bible talks about praying for our, our for our governor officials, that the Lord will lead our officials to be able to to get us out of this pandemic, you know, especially from a, a the economy thing's a huge deal. I mean, that that's just that, that that's a that's a huge situation. You know, a lot of people, you know, are having a lot of people are in depression because they lost their business, they lost everything, and you know, mm-hmm. they're not physically sick, but but they're emotionally sick and, and things like that, and, and and they don't they have no hope. But praise God that Jesus Christ is our hope, he's always yeah. been our hope. And now yes, is the time to bring hope to our generation, to, to bring the message of hope. And, you know, one of our models here at Rama Marama is we're bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. And I believe that now, more than ever before, it's time for us to bring hope, help, and healing to a, a generation who needs hope, help, and healing because people need hope. They need help. They need healing. People need to know what, who to turn to and who, 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 you know, who their God really is. You know, and we serve the same God. Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't care if it was 10,000 years ago he died upon the cross, but when he died upon the cross, he died so we could be free. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And he wants us to live an abundant life. You know, the devil is trying to wipe this, this generation out, whether it be physically trying to wipe them out or, or, or wipe out. I understand, you know, there are a lot of people, if their business goes down, their kids, you know, I mean, their legacy, you know, might be destroyed because I know family businesses, you know, that they've been operating for 50, 60, 70. They're in the third generation, you know, and they're struggling right now. This is the third generation, you know, but, you know, it's probably God's plan for the fourth generation to be able to that business as well. So, you know what? God is a God of hope. God is a God of help. God is a God of healing. And, and I believe right now is the time. And, and um, I want what I want to do right now is I want to pray for every person watching. Um, first of all, we, we want to pray. We want to come against this disease. Secondly, mm-hmm. if you have a sickness or disease in your body, whatever, wherever it might be, whatever, um, you know, I would like you to lay your hands on, on. If your back is hurting, lay your hands on your back if you can. You know, if your head's hurting, lay your hands on your head. I, I'm going to pray. Father God, right now, first of all, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we Amen. command of COVID-19 to leave our world to, to, to leave um, and, and quit existing right now. We thank you, Father, right now for the healing power of God flowing into every person that's been affected by this dreaded disease. We thank you, Father, right now also for the finances flowing back into these businesses. And we thank you, Father, that 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 you will, will be in control. But Father God, we thank you as, as people that are watching us right now. We thank you. Whatever sickness or disease they might have in their life, we thank you, Father, for the healing power of God flowing into their body from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. And we command that healing power of God to flow into them right now in the Amen. name of Jesus. We thank you now for that back being healed. We thank you now for that, that kidney being healed. We thank you now for, for, for that one that's in depression right now. We command that depression to leave now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Father. For what you're doing. We thank you, Father, that you are a good God and that you do love us. And we thank you, Father, 
for what you're doing today. We thank you, Father, that the greater things are ahead, greater things, a greater move is ahead, and we just give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. We thank you for it now. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, praise what? God. Amen. 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 Wow, that was awesome. That was awesome. Woo, thank you so much. That was really uh, a stem winder, a big blessing. <laughs> yeah, glory to God. Amen. Um, amen. Um, I know if people want to get resources, there are a lot of articles uh, on rhema.org. And yeah. um, you, you, you want to mention something about your books, your tapes, yeah. how they get them on well, the website. One way you can do is if you go to rhema.org, um, we actually we have some um, some material out there. It's free of charge. What, what, what do we call it? Um, study, study center. Rhema.org slash study center. And we have all kinds of free material. But also, you know, if you want to get some of our books, some, some of, some of our, our, our CDs or MP3s or whatever, you can go to our bookstore. You can do that. Um, also, you can go to our um, our. Rama USA um, YouTube channel, and we have we have a, lo a lot of free things there. Or, or if you have access to, to Roku TV, we have a, 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 a Rama Roku channel. You, you can you can do that. Um, if if you want a lot of our digital books, um, if you happen to have a, a, an Amazon Kindle or or a or a um, Apple iPad or whatever, you you can go to to the Amazon store, the Apple store, and you can download our digital material um, as well. But you know. Um, you know, Rayma.org is kind of the place you can find everything, and you can find information about about the, the, the schools. Um, you know, or if you happen to to you know ha have a device, you can go to the Rayma USA um, application on your device, and um and you can find out more things about what's going on. Um, also, too, um, you know, our church um, we broadcast all our services live um, from here 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 in Tulsa, 10, 10 o'clock. Um, a.m. Sunday morning, 6 p.m. Sunday night, 7 p.m. Wednesday night. And I know really, some, some of you people might be sleeping during that time, but we put that, we archive that on our Facebook Live channel, also our YouTube channel. Um, and so you can go back and watch it later, or rama.tv, and you can watch the services live. And so so every week we, we have that. Plus we have Rama Praise television broadcast. And, you you know, one of the best things sources is to go to our, our Rama USA YouTube channel. You can watch Rama Praise there. You, you can watch the services there, um, you know, and then all, all of a sudden, whenever we have our, our different um, meetings, um, we'll have those stuff out there as well. But we have a lot of free resources um, out on the internet. There's a lot of also, you know, a lot of places where you can buy. Obviously, my newest book that I have is is, is um is kind of an interesting book. Um, it's called Don't Be Stupid. And um, actually, I did never really think this was going to be a book. I actually preached a sermon um, about, about the prodigal son. You know, and, and so they're talked about there's two different brothers and, and obviously um and I talked about the, the prodigal son. Obviously he took his inheritance and you know he 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 threw it all away and sooner or later he ended up in a in a pig pen, you know, and but you know he, he didn't make a decision to end up in the pig pen when he took his inheritance. He made some stupid decisions along the way that wound him up in a pig pen. But thank God when he got into that pig pen, he made a smart decision to come back to God. You know, and so the point is, is that we don't need to make these stupid decisions. We we shouldn't, you know, we should come to God before we end up in a pig pen. But yes, if sir. we do, it still doesn't matter. You can still come to God no matter where you are. God will take you. He'll clean you up and he'll put you, put a robe of white on you and he'll put you right back in the place that he has for you. No matter what it says, it's called, it's called don't be stupid. It's available. Um, 
on Amazon, Rama, um, the Rama um, bookstore um, as well, or, or, or anywhere you can sell our books. In fact, Walmart.com used to be selling our books as well. So, so you can get it anywhere. It's called Don't Be Stupid, and, and um, it's kind of an interesting take on the prodigal son. Um, lastly, let me ask. There might be some of our viewers, and um, they've been blessed, and they just want to be a blessing to you personally. If someone wanted to give to you personally, how can they go about that? Personally? <laughs> well, you know, when it comes to the ministry, I mean, I really want to see the ministry blessed or whatever. But, you know, if, if someone wants to personally bless me, you can e email me at chagan at rhema.org and, and, and um, I'll, I'll let you know my information or, or, or hit me up on Facebook and I'll let you know. I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm not here to. To, to be blessed personally, but but if you really want to do it, you email me and I'll, and I'll let you know how, you know how you can how you can do that. I, I don't have a real set digital way. I I have a cash app, but I'm not going to give you that on on the air because I I don't think that's right. But um, you know anyway, I mean you know, you have to understand, folks. Our our heart is is to be a blessing as our ministry, and you know and yeah, I mean obviously as an individual, it's always nice to be blessed, but that's not that's not what we're here for. We're, we're you know I, I, I want to see this ministry go more than anything else. You know, but but I'm not saying if you want to bless me, you know, you're more than welcome. Or you know, obviously you can send something in the mail. But but you know, but that's I, I have trouble doing that. I mean, I, I, that's that's not me. All right. I mean, I'm 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 not a person. But if you want to if you want to talk to me, email me chagenrama.org or on Facebook. You can look me up there. Send me a message there, and, I'll, and I, we we can talk about that later on. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We've been richly, richly, richly blessed. Thank Amen. you, sir. Well, thank, thank you for the opportunity. And, and thank everybody out there watching. And, and we, we, we love you. We appreciate you. And, and we want you to have a, a wonderful weekend. But just keep believing. All right. You know, and we keep confessing that if you, if you have a disease, a sickness in your body, keep confessing. Turn the fruits of faith on. Amen. But we, we also, we like to hear testimonies of people have been healed. We want to hear, you know, whether they contact your ministry, you can let us know, or, or they can contact, you know, you know, us, um, our, our partner service at rhema.org is, is, is our, is that, that's where all the email comes in for us and they pass those out to us or, or email me, chagan at rhema.org. All right. God bless you guys. And thank you, Togues. Thank you, sir. Praise the Lord. Well, that's been it. Three awesome days in the word and talking about prayer and our faith certainly has been boosted. So what are we going to do with what we've heard? The Bible talks about not just being hearers of the word alone, but being doers of the same. The messages are there online. We'll encourage you to go and feed on them again and again and again. Faith doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing and hearing. And we stay in the word. We stay in prayer as well. Pastor Craig talked tonight about Staying out of fear, getting out of fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind and about staying in faith. We keep believing God's word. We keep speaking God's word. We have authority in our nation. We have authority in our area. We can stand in the gap. And that's really, really been an awesome blessing. And uh, I know that your faith has been boosted. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us in all these things. And thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us 
in every place. It's been nice being able to speak to you. Have a lovely night's rest. Praise the Lord.